Episode 113, My Biggest Regret from Grad School, on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. So I'm going to age myself a little bit here and tell you that I've been social working for a long time, since 2009, right at the height of the last recession. It was glorious. No, just kidding. I'm sarcastic. But seriously, I've been social working a long time, and I got to thinking about what would be the one thing that I would change or that I would do differently if I could go back and do it all again, knowing what I know now. I still would choose social work, but there is one thing that I definitely would have changed and that I would have gone outside of my comfort zone to do because now I see the results that this one thing can bring. And who knows how this could have changed the trajectory of my career. It could have opened up a lot more doors. It could have opened up a lot higher salaries. It could have opened up a lot more opportunities for me had I just done this one thing. And I'm going to share that with you. But first, I do want to let you know about a webinar that I've been working really, really hard on and overcoming my own imposter syndrome with doing this but it is definitely necessary. This webinar is combining everything that I have for you, and this is geared towards newer social workers, and it's called Success in Clinical Social Work, Purpose, Income, Wellness. This is gonna take place on February 21st live, and during the month of January, you can get your ticket for only $9.99, and listen to me when I tell you this. This is a steal, okay? This is a steal because what I'm going to cover in this webinar is so, so valuable. So in two hours, we're going to go over different strategies to increase your income. We're going to review the licensing process and clinical supervision. And we're also going to talk about staying well, preventing burnout, and overall just how to be resilient as a social worker in this field. So I'm giving you everything that I have, all of my fun tools, all of the information and, um, and knowledge that I've obtained since 2009 in this one workshop for you. So definitely, definitely join me live. I would love to have you there and hang out with you in person, answer your questions. Um, So we're going to get into this episode. We're going to listen to a quick ad from our sponsor, The Rise Directory, and then we're going to hop right into what my biggest regret is 
from grad school. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. So as we get started with my biggest regret of grad school, I think it's important to provide some context for you. I was in my 20s and naturally I'm an introvert. So being social intimidates me. Being around a lot of people stresses me out. I feel it very, very draining. I could easily just stay in my room and read a book and be perfectly happy all by myself. But as you know, that is not how life happens. And that's not how we really live and enjoy life, right? The best parts about life and the fondest memories I have are being outdoors or being with other people and laughing my ass off or crying so hard because we're just having such a good time and or just sharing special moments with other people. We're really, really made as humans to be social. We are not meant to go through this life by ourselves. So in high school, I was painfully shy. (laughs) And in college, I began to come out, right? So when I'm, what, I don't know, 19, 20, 21, I began to come out of my shell a little bit more, but still had that shyness. And ultimately, this shyness really held me back from making conversations with other people in my classes. I would be intimidated to get to know them. And knowing what I know now, I'm able to see that I really had some cognitive distortions going on, right? If we're taking a sample from CBT, I had this this false belief or this false idea. I I was trying to do some mind reading here that if I was telling myself that if they didn't speak to me first, then they must not want to talk to me. Or I would also hold myself back and tell myself, well, you know, I'm not really that interesting. So it makes sense why they don't really want to talk to me. And so I had these stories in my head about why I should just stay quiet, why I should just stay in my lane and not really venture out and talk to other people. And and also too, you know, if we're being honest, I feel like I can be honest with you. I had low self-esteem. I was working on myself and my confidence was not where it should have been given the amazing person that I am it was. But, you know, it's a process. Self-esteem is a process. And that also contributed to holding me back, right? So I didn't talk to a lot of people. I did engage in clubs, right? So I did, I was part of Pi Alpha. I did start the MSWSN which is the Macro Social Work Student Network. I was the president of that at my college. So I was out there, you know, I tried, but I realized that if I would have done this one thing, it would have like changed the game for me. It would have opened up countless job opportunities. And as I'm talking, as I'm speaking, I want you to kind of guess what this one thing could be. 
What do you think this one thing was that I was missing? First, it could have opened up countless job opportunities. I don't even know how many job opportunities I missed because I didn't do this. It would have definitely improved my communication skills and improved my self-confidence. It would have shown me that what I was thinking was not actually true. I had no proof that they were not talking to me because they just they just didn't want to talk to me, right? Like I was taking it personal. I had no proof that they thought I wasn't interesting, right? I'm just making this stuff up in my head and I'm going with it, <laughs> which is completely dysfunctional when you say this out loud. But here it is. This is my truth. So it really would have improved my self-confidence had I done this more. Um, it probably would have gotten me a higher salary. It definitely would have made me feel less alone. I have a feeling that I might have been able to prevent my burnout from happening. And it really would have allowed me more support when studying for my clinical exams because we're all going through school at the same time. We're all graduating at the same time. And of course, we're probably going to be taking our clinical exams around the same time, right? If that is our goal to be clinical, chances are it's going to take us about two to three years. So we'll be studying around the same time. Also, it just would have overall increased my community. And one of the most important things is this would have likely improved the services that I was able to provide my clients. And I'm wondering if you know what I'm talking about yet. I'm talking about networking, my friends. If I would have done more networking and essentially relationship building, right? Getting to know my colleagues and my peers, there would have been countless ways that this could have helped me. And I don't even know what all of those are, right? And this is what I specifically what I would do differently if I could go back and do it all over again. What would I have said? What would I have done? You know, what could I do? And I'm sharing this with you in the hopes that maybe you can take a nugget from this episode. And if it's not too late for you to go and implement this, because we are not about complaining here. Like I'm not sitting on this podcast complaining about things that I can't change and not doing anything about it. I want to change your future. I want to give you the opportunities that I wish that I had known about when I was in your seat in grad school or in my bachelor's program. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning 
in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. So here is what I would have done. I would have just made conversation with the people in my class. I can't remember how many times that we were just sitting there waiting for class to start, maybe just scrolling through on our cell phones, just in our own bubble. And all of those days, all of those nights, because I went to grad school at night, just wasted, like a wasted opportunity to build a relationship. And there's so many different ways that I could have gone about building these relationships slowly. So we're not doing this like a creepy, like, will you be my friend way, right? Which isn't so bad. I mean, if someone asked me that, I might consider. (laughs) Depends on the presentation, right? It all depends on your tone and how you present yourself. But I mean, ultimately, just try to make eye contact with people and say hi, Say, hey, how's it going? Maybe learn their name because chances are you probably sit in the same area, if not the exact same seat of your class every single time. And chances are the same people are doing that with you every single time, every week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever it is, it's the same people. So definitely start out with making eye contact and saying hi. And just asking like, hey, how's it going today? How was your day? How are you feeling? Right? Striking up that conversation. And then also too, taking a step further and really seeing how is our internship going? Because, and this is key, right? Like you have, let's say, I don't know, 40 people in your class, right? Who are doing an internship. That's 40 different placements more or less, right? There's a lot of different agencies represented in that room. And those are agencies in your community, agencies that you will be applying to after you graduate or now, right? Agencies that you are hoping one day you could work there. So this is a perfect opportunity to get someone who is not invested in this agency. They are going to tell you the truth. They're going to say, oh, it's going fabulous. It's great. The social work supervisor is fantastic. Or they're going to say the opposite. Like, it is a hot mess. It is so stressful, so unorganized. Nobody cares about you. So then you'll know not to go there, right? So that is key. You know, asking about their internships so that you can begin to explore the different agencies in your area that you may or may not want to be applying for, right? And also too, if this person happens to work in an agency that you want to work at and they end up getting hired there after graduation, boom, 
you have a personal referral. You have a way in. And that is huge. Imagine being able to say like, hey, I know so-and-so. We went to class together and they said that you were an exceptional supervisor and they are vouching for me, right? They referred me to this agency to apply. That supervisor is going to put you ahead of all of the other anonymous resumes, right? They're going to put you ahead of everybody that they don't know because there's no one to vouch for those anonymous people, right? We don't know them. There's a bajillion resumes coming in in May and June, but we don't know them any of them besides you. So that automatically puts you at the top, right? So asking about their internship, asking what they like or don't like about their placements. But also, too, you can, you know, get more personal with them. Like what made them get into this field? Was there a certain moment? Was there a certain event? Or is it just part of who they are, right? You can learn a lot from people. And I'm, I would bet you money that the people in your class have very similar reasons, like very similar to you, their reasons about getting into social work. Because a lot of us have similar experiences, um, trials that we've overcome, you know, different challenges in our life that led us to social work. And if they're different from you, then that's great. Then that's an opportunity to learn from them and learn a different person's perspective on life. Um, I'd also explore, you know, what are their goals after graduation? What do they want to do? Do they want to go clinical? Do they want to go macro? What kind of population would they want to work with? Is it kids, older adults, moms, homeless? Like, you know, get to know them. Like, what are their goals after graduation? Because once graduation comes, you might want to study together. You might want to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm studying for my licensing exam. I'm wondering, like, you know, where are you? Like, are you also still pursuing the licensing like you had planned? Um, and just, you know, building that community and those relationships with people. And lastly, if I feel like they're cool and we have good conversation and I might want to get to know them a little bit better, ask them to grab coffee or grab dinner, lunch, whatever it is. I know that a lot of times on college campuses, there's a lot of different places that you can just go and hang out and, and have some fun, right? So ultimately, I'm hoping that by building these relationships and networking that you can have a lot more fun in this industry because this work is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. This work is hard. There's going to be some traumatic stories, some traumatic events that you experience. There's going to be things and conversations and things that happen that remind you of your past in all the worst ways and the good ways. So it's not all bad, but there will be these moments where we need that additional support. We need people who get it and we need people who we're going to have fun with, who we're going to be able to laugh with who we're going to be able to joke with because there is no one who's going to get your social work jokes better than a social worker. So while it's important to also have people outside of social work, it's just as important to have your colleagues that you know that you can call up and vent to and be like, hey, this situation's happening. What do you think I should do? Do you think this is reportable? 
Is this an ethics violation? Like what, what do you think we should do here? Or who do you think we should talk to? How do we problem solve this? There are so many different ways that building relationships can really help. And if you are shy, I would venture to look at it from this perspective. Instead of trying to prove how interesting you are, I want you to try to be more interested in who they are, right? People love talking about themselves. They love it when people ask them questions because it makes us feel special. It makes us feel like someone really wants to get to know us. And when you can be that for another person, that's going to go such a long way. And it takes the pressure off of you to try to think of things that you can tell them, to try to come up with things that that might hook their interest. Like it's, it's not about you, right? This is not about you. It's about you being interested in someone else and getting to know who they are, why are they in social work? Chances are they're a pretty badass person if they chose to go into social work because we don't go into this field, you know, being selfish or greedy. Like we go into this field because we want to help people because we genuinely care because a lot of times we've been through some stuff in our lives that we know there is more to life than only making money. Granted, we need money. I am not discounting that. And That is also one of the perks of this, right? But it's not the only perk. There's a lot of really helpful ways that networking is going to improve your career. So I hope this is helpful for you. If you got a takeaway from this, let me know. Um, I'm on Instagram at Social Workers Rise. You can find me on LinkedIn. Also, if this episode helped you, go ahead and send it to a friend spread the love. We are not here to be keeping secrets. We are here to be sharing this information openly with whoever is open to receiving it. Also, if you are wanting more tips and resources specifically for social workers, make sure to click the Friday resources email link in the show notes, and that'll put you on my email list so that when I have resources and tips and tools that I want to send out to you, then I'll be able to send it to you and you'll get it in your inbox whenever you're ready to read it. So until next week, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, 
and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.